All right, uh, if you would take your Bible and turn to First uh, Kings chapter number 18. First Kings chapter 18, we're continuing on with our uh, series we started a, a couple weeks ago, about three weeks ago, uh, through the life of Elijah called Fire from Heaven. And uh, I do like Elijah. He is, uh, if you just read uh, chapter 17 and 18, you kind of think, man, I, this guy is a little bit beyond me. Then when you read chapter 19, you're like, okay, Uh, he and I can kind of see eye to eye. We can relate Uh, because he was human, as as human as they come. And uh, I'm thankful for that because uh, he he has got quite a bit of scripture dedicated to his life, and uh, and yet he was was very human. Well, 1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to be in verses 41 through verse 46 tonight. Uh, verses 41 through 46, and let me go ahead and read that, and then we'll get into our message tonight. 1 Kings 18, verse 41 says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Well, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, We kind of know what that looks like here in Oklahoma, don't we? And there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And let's have a real quick word of prayer. Father, thank you again uh, just for this service. Thank you now for the time to be in your word. And I pray, Lord, you'd use this uh, message and this uh, this, these few minutes together, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd use them in our lives to draw us closer to you and to help us to have a stronger prayer life. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, as we mentioned, we're going through this series uh, of Through the Life of Elijah. And uh, last Wednesday night, we saw Elijah's faith under fire as the thrilling showdown on Mount Carmel took place. We looked at the display of foolishness, if you recall, for those who are here, as the prophets of Baal spent hours and hours in prayer to their false god. And in that, we said, hey, they were obviously very dedicated, even more dedicated than some believers today uh, in their uh, prayer life. But they spent hours and hours in prayer to their false god, and uh, they... Uh, so much so that they began to cut themselves after Elijah sat in the corner watching and kind of mocked them and made fun of them. And again, seeing the humanity of, of Elijah there. And uh, I can relate to that because he was using sarcasm and I'm a pretty sarcastic individual as you may have noticed. Um, I try not to be too sarcastic when I'm preaching, but uh, sometimes that even comes across a little bit. But uh, but Elijah was very sarcastic as he was making fun of these 
uh, these uh, prophets of Baal and said, uh, well, maybe your God's out taking a nap and uh, maybe he's on a journey, maybe he's on vacation or something. And, and uh, I, I definitely relate real well to that. So uh, we saw the display of foolishness with those uh, false prophets. And then we saw the display of faith as Elijah prepares the altar and the sacrifice by completely soaking the sacrifice in the altar uh, with water. And uh, thus removing all doubt that if the Lord did bring fire down, or in Elijah's mind, I, it wasn't if, it was when, when the Lord brought fire down, uh, it would remove all doubt that it was indeed the Lord that did the miracle. In other words, there were no little, uh, you know, um, coals there that were no little things that could like accidentally spark on fire. No, no, it, let's, let's douse this with, with, with tons of water so that we know for sure that it was the Lord that brought down fire. And then Elijah spends about, I don't know, 30 seconds in prayer. Um, after which we see the display of fire come down from heaven to totally consume the sacrifice and the altar. Now, Elijah's journey of faith is not done, though. Um, after the dust settled, uh, after the slaughter of the false prophets in verse number 40, and uh, he slew all the false prophets there, uh, then he begins to pray for rain to come, and, spoiler alert, it does indeed come. Uh, even though the exact word in verses 41 through verse 46 does not contain the word pray or prayer, um, we do know that Elijah did indeed pray because James chapter 5 tells us that he did. And so tonight we're going to, uh, the message title is Praying Like Elijah. And uh, if you want to hold your place here in 1 Kings chapter 18 and, and go to James uh, chapter number 5. While Jesus is our ultimate model for prayer, uh, there's no question that Jesus is the ultimate example, the ultimate model, the scriptures also point to another example that we actually relate better to uh, because Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, and none of us, how many of you are in that same category? No, none of us are. Um, we're 100% human. Well, uh, the man Elijah was 100% human as well. And James chapter 5 uh, points to Elijah as an example of prayer. Let's pick it up in uh, verse number 13 of James chapter number 5. James 5.13 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And verse 17 and 18 refer back to Elijah, particularly in chapter number 18. And... Um, in verse number 17, Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. So in other words, um, he was as human as they come and as human as you and I are. And uh, he struggled, and we're going to find out some of those struggles in chapter number 19 uh, as we uh, continue our series. 
But for now, just know that he was a man subject uh, to like passions as we are. And it says here in 17, And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So for three and a half years, a complete drought. But then verse 18 here, he prayed again, and that's the uh, in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through verse 46, that's reference to this uh, moment here. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. All right, so uh, tonight we're going to be looking at Elijah's prayer, and, and uh, we're pointed to in the book of James to pray basically like Elijah prayed. And so tonight we're going to look at Elijah's prayer here in verses 41 through verse 46 of 1 Kings chapter 18 and, and learn how he prayed. And then hopefully all of us will implement and apply these truths into our own prayer life. Uh, so tonight we're going to study the prayer of Elijah and learn how to pray like Elijah. All right. How did Elijah pray? Well, first of all, uh, number one, let's notice tonight that Elijah prayed with positiveness. Say, is that even a word? Yes, it is. I looked it up. And uh, mainly it starts with letter P, which we're going to be using tonight. And you know me in alliteration. Uh, but uh, pray with positiveness, okay? Now, uh, you might be thinking, oh, no, is pastor going to start down the road of the power of positive thinking? No, I'm not. Um, that's not what I'm trying to get at here, uh, because the power of positive thinking and that whole concept is actual heresy that is not rooted in the scriptures. Uh, what I'm referring to is a confidence that God is able to answer prayer. That's what I'm referring to tonight, because here in verse number 41, back in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, it had not rained yet, and we all know, and how many, of you, um, how many of you like to have white noise when you sleep, like a fan, or if you're, if you're not, if, you're, if you don't have a fan next to you, you download the app, the white noise app, you know, and, and, and when you download that, one of the sounds that you can bring in is rain, and uh, that's a very soothing sound, and a lot of people like, like it when it rains because it's like, oh, let's get, you know, let's sweater weather, you know, and let's get some tea or some coffee or some hot chocolate. Let's turn on the fireplace. Miss Rebecca was talking about the fireplace. Uh, there she is. Uh, she's made Brent get the fireplace going, and uh, they're hopefully going to get some more propane this week. And uh, no, <laughs> I remember we, when, in, in Montana when we had to get more propane. That was a spendy bill. Uh, that was very expensive. It wasn't like going and getting a five-gallon. It was a, a, I don't know how many gallon big tank we had. It was huge, and it was expensive. Anyway, uh, so the sound of rain is, you know, that kind of just puts you in that, you know, that, that, that mode. Well, here, after the three and a half years of zero rain, Elijah says here in verse 41 to Ahab, he says, hey, you better go ahead and have a pretty good meal because... I hear some rain coming. Now, no one heard anything coming because we know that there, there's not even a cloud in the sky at that point. But, uh, but there was a confidence, there was a faith that Elijah had that was uh, very important. Um, and if someone were to ask Elijah, hey, Elijah, are you positive it's going to rain? 
Elijah would have said, I'm positive that God's going to give us some rain because he told us he would. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pray for it. And so Elijah, I guess you could say, tested positive for having faith. And uh, I think that uh, all of us, uh, if it, when we go to pray, I hope that all of us would test positive for having faith and confidence in our God to answer our prayer. Uh, and he has so much faith that he says to Ahab, you better go get yourself ready because I'm hearing it. Now, Ahab's going, like, I don't hear anything. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, he was serious. Uh, because he knew that he had a God that did indeed answer prayer. Uh, if you would uh, hold your place here, go to uh, Psalm 115. I just want to show you this. I think he was trying to make a point to uh, Ahab. Ahab, of course, married uh, uh, someone he should not have, uh, someone who was not of the same faith. And so Ahab was a Jew, but um, then he married Jezebel, of course, and Jezebel brought in false gods. And so there was kind of a, it was a hybrid religious nation, you know, worshiping God and Baal at the same time. And that's why Elijah said, hey, how long? Halt you between two opinions. If if Baal be or God be God, follow him. If um, if Baal be God, then follow him. Uh, let's make a choice here, Ahab. You got to stop being on the fence. Well, Psalm 115, verse number one. Here's what it says: Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto Thy name give glory for Thy mercy and for Thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? The psalmist said, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. But their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. And here it is. They have ears, but they hear not. Baal, he, he just was, it's kind of a reference back to Baal, to Ahab, like, hey, you're, you're, th those false prophets, those prophets of Baal spent hours and hours and hours trying to call upon this false god. And they had, you know, Baal maybe had ears, but uh, they could not hear. Noses have they, but they smell not. Verse 7, they have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk ne not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. And then verse number 9, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And so for Elijah, he said, look, okay, going back to 1 Kings 18, um, Baal, obviously, okay, he maybe had ears, but obviously he didn't hear. But the God that I serve, uh, he hears, he hears. He knew that God has, the God he served was able to hear, not only able to hear, but able to answer prayer. It's amazing. Our God is able. And by the way, if I don't know how many are in the room tonight, but let's suppose all of us right now began to pray. God would be able and has the ability to hear all of our prayers as if we're, he's able to give each of us undivided attention. Amazing. Um, I, I can't even, my, my, if, if the TV's on and I'm watching sports and my wife's talking to me, Julie, I'm not accountable for anything you say because I am focused on something else, okay? The Lord has the mighty ability to 
hear all of our prayers at the same time and be completely attentive to all of it. And then, on top of that, has the ability and the power to answer our prayer according to what is best for us and for His glory. Amazing. Our God is good. Uh, Matthew 21, 22, Jesus said this, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do uh, this which is done to the fig tree, but also ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Now, I, don't know, I, I know we don't understand what mountains are here in Oklahoma. I get that. Um, but uh, when we were in Montana, there was Mount Helena. And if we were able to say, hey, Mount Helena, you go into, uh, what was the lake that we lived by? I don't remember either. <laughs> lake Erie. That's not even close to Montana at all. But let's pretend that we said to Mount Helena, you go into Lake Erie. Uh, it shall be done, Jesus says. If you have the faith, and he says, in all things, in verse 22, in all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So uh, Elijah here prayed with faith. He prayed with a positiveness. Again, I know it's a little stretch to fit the alliteration here, but uh, that's all right. Do that once in a while. Uh, I read this story. While crossing the Atlantic on an ocean liner, uh, liner F.B. Meyer was asked to address the first-class passengers. And uh, F.B. Meyer was a, a preacher of yesteryear. Well, at the captain's request, he spoke on the subject, answered prayer. Well, there was an agnostic there who was present at the service and was asked by his friends, well, what did you think of Dr. Meyer's sermon on answered prayer? He answered, I didn't believe a word of it. Well, that afternoon, Meyer went to speak to the steerage pastors, uh, passengers. Well, many of the listeners at his morning message went along, including this agnostic who had claimed he just wanted to hear what the babbler had to say. Before starting the service, the agnostic man put two oranges in his pocket. On his way, he passed an elderly woman sitting in her deck chair fast asleep. Her hands were open. She was... In the spirit of fun, the agnostic put the two oranges he was carrying in her outstretched palms. He thought it would just be funny, you know, when she wakes up to have these oranges in her hand for no real... You know, what in the world? So after the meeting, he saw the old lady happily eating one of the pieces of fruit. You seem to be enjoying that orange, he remarked with a smile, thinking, this is kind of funny, you know. I want to know the story, what she thought of when she woke up and saw these two oranges. He, she said, yes, sir, my father is very good to me. Your father? Surely your father can't still be alive. This lady was up there in years. Praise God, she replied, he is very much alive. What do you mean, pressed the agnostic. She explained, I'll tell you, sir, I have been seasick for days. I was asking God somehow to send me an orange. I suppose I fell asleep while I was praying. When I woke, I found that he not only sent me one orange, but two. And the agnostic was speechless. Later, Praise the Lord, he was converted to Christ. <laughs> yes, praying in God's will brings an answer 
and praying in faith and praying with a positive outlook uh, brings uh, answers to prayer. First John chapter 5 and verse number 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so we need to, when we pray, let's not pray going, ah, oh, Lord, I know you really can't do this. Oh, whoa, that's the wrong attitude to have in prayer. This is a, this is a great story. The, the story is told of a western town that had experienced a hard drought. Kind of fits here with this message. One of the local churches announced that they would hold a special prayer meeting one night to pray for rain. Well, on that night, the church building was packed, but the preacher... When he got up to speak and lead the prayer meeting, said, everybody needs to go home. There, there'd be no prayer meeting that night where it's canceled. And uh, everybody was scratching their head. What do you mean? We all just showed up to pray for rain. And the reason that the pastor canceled the uh, prayer meeting that night was because no one bothered to bring an umbrella. This story may or may not actually be true, but it does illustrate that there is very often a big difference between what we say about prayer and what we actually believe about prayer. I think if we actually believe what we said we believed about prayer, we'd be doing a whole lot more of it. Very true. Elijah prayed with positiveness, a confidence. He was positive that God was going to answer. And if we're going to pray like Elijah, we need to be positive that he can and will answer us. But then number two, not only did he pray with positiveness, he prayed with purity. He prayed with purity, and, and uh, while this particular passage in 1 Kings doesn't necessarily say this, uh, James does. James chapter number 5 and verse number 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. And then he says, The effectual fervent prayer of a, what kind of man? Righteous man availeth much. Means that it accomplishes much. It it. it, it it, it does much, but again, the key word there is righteous. Uh, what does it mean to be righteous? Well, a couple aspects of righteousness that I want to point out very quickly tonight. And first is a positional righteousness. This is making sure that we have a right relationship with God and that God's righteousness has been imparted and imputed to us. You see, when we become his children, we then have an all-access pass to the throne room of God. Uh, without being his children, we do not have that same access. Those who are lost do not have the ability to come into the throne room at any time, anywhere, for any reason, for as long as they want. They don't. But you and I, who have positional righteousness, do. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and verse 21, For he... Uh, God the Father hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. None of us have our own righteousness. We needed God's righteousness to be imparted to our account. And through Christ, we can have that. Through a relationship with him, we can have that. And once we have that, now we have that all-access pass. Uh, when we were in... California, we lived 15 minutes from Disneyland, and I remember we, uh, you, you couldn't afford it now, 
I mean, with the way the prices went up. But, but when we were uh, much younger and had our children really young, we had family passes to Disneyland. And I think when we first got them, we got like the all access, no blackout dates, you know. Um, but then, then as time went on, you know, we were like, well, let's just get the one that's the cheapest and it still lets us in most days because we would go during the, like the school days because I would usually get Tuesdays off then and, and uh, we'd go during the school days and it was nice because it wasn't so crowded and we couldn't go on the weekends. That's okay because it was always really crowded and we were always really busy. So it worked really well, but, but there was occasionally some times where, you know, it'd be nice to go, but it's a blackout day. Praise the Lord. When it comes to the access to the throne room of God, there are no blackout dates. Like there, and there's not like open, and, open hours and closed hours. Uh, you say, well, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, is he really going to be? Yeah, he's open and he's listening. He is not asleep. He's ready to hear your deepest desire and need uh, right then and there. Um, and we, by the way, there's no like, uh, okay, your time is uh, about up there. Um, last night we went to go celebrate uh, Seth's accomplishment in Silver Air Patrol, and and uh, the the place we went to closed about uh, closed at eleven o'clock. And we're not normally night owls like that and out eating at eleven o'clock at night, but Last night was a special night, and uh, yeah, 11 o'clock, you know, they were probably like, okay, let's get everybody out because we're about to close. Uh, We need to go home too, you know. Uh, The Lord never goes, hey, it's getting late. Let's wrap this up. No, no, the Lord says you can come as long as you want, and I'm thankful for that. So righteous, uh, righteousness, positionally is is important, but then also practical righteousness. Not only positional righteousness, but practical righteousness. Look, if there if there is known sin in your heart, the Lord says in Psalm 66 in verse 18, the Lord says, if I regard iniquity, or the word of God says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Commentator John Phillips says, this about that verse, he goes on to explain it a little bit further. He says, if God has convicted me about some sin in my life, and if that sin remains cherished, indulged, and unconfessed, then my prayers are in vain. God does not even hear them. Wow. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, we know that Elijah was not perfect, but I believe in this moment in his life, his heart was right with God. There was, there was really nothing between his soul and his Savior. Now, again, I know no one's perfect, and, um, but, but there, was, there was a practical righteousness in his life that he knew, hey, when I pray, God's going to hear me. Do you have that practical righteousness in your life today? And more importantly, do you have that positional righteousness? Have you been saved? Have you come to Jesus Christ? And do you have that all-access pass to the throne room of God through Christ. If you don't, tonight's the night. Let's get that settled tonight. But uh, Elijah uh, prayed with purity, and that's why he was able to, his prayers got through to the Lord, because he was right with God positionally and practically. If we're going to pray like Elijah, we need to pray with positiveness, purity, and then thirdly, we need to pray with patience. Going back here to 1 Kings chapter 18 here, 
In verse number 42, it says this, So Ahab went up to eat, to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. That's, a, that's quite a posture of prayer. I mean, there's no posture that you have to uh, be in to pray. I mean, you can pray standing up, you can pray sitting down, lying down, uh, in the car. Um, but uh, here Elijah goes into a quite an uncomfortable posture to pray and puts his face between his knees. I don't even know if I could do that. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm flexible enough to do that. I don't really want to try it in front of you because that would be awkward. And uh, it would create an emotional scar that you would need years of therapy to get over. So I'm going to forgo that particular part of the sermon. Um, but uh, here's what he says in verse 43 regarding patience. Go up now after he, after he prays. And, and we can only, only guess, and, and according to James, again, he did pray. And uh, while he was praying, that's how he did that, when, when he was... He put his face between his knees. In verse 43, he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. So Elijah prays and he goes to his servant, probably expecting that, you know, this giant big storm that sometimes we see here in Oklahoma is coming over and it's like, Whoa, this is going to be big. But the servant comes back and says, Elijah, I don't know how to tell you this, but there ain't nothing there. Still, blue skies, sunny, not a cloud in the sky, nothing. Elijah's, if most of us were like Elijah, we'd be going, well, what happened? What's wrong? But, uh, but Elijah here displays some great patience. And so he says in verse 43, at the end of that verse, he says, and he said, go again seven times. So there's patience there. He, he knows God's going to answer the prayer, but he's willing to be patient for the answer. Don't panic if God hasn't responded to your prayer the first time you pray. Lord, please uh, help my health situation. Please help my financial situation that I'm in, the issue I'm going through. Help a family relationship that I'm going through. Amen. And then you wake up and things aren't different right now. I knew God wasn't going to answer my prayer. See, Elijah was not, that didn't, that didn't shake his faith by not having the answer right then and there. He knew God was going to answer. And he knew it would require some patience. Remember, God sometimes answers our prayers with yes. Sometimes he answers them with no. And sometimes he answers them with wait. Should have you preach this message, brother? That'd be that'd be awesome. But uh, but that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes God says, "Not right this second. Let's give it some time." And can I rem- remind us all tonight that uh, God is never late and He is never early. He is always right on time. It may not be according to our timetable. But is this life really all about us anyway? We like to sometimes think it is. But it's all about Him. It's all about His will being done. And uh, I know sometimes it's hard to wait, um, which is why in, uh, in Psalm 27, in verse number 14, the psalmist David says this, 
Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Two times in that verse. Uh, We're encouraged to wait on the Lord and to be patient. His ways are not our ways, and his timing is not always our timing, but but his timing is always correct. Uh, Psalm 40, in verse number 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. Does that describe you? In your prayer life, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. James 5 and verse number 8, be also patient. I know, we want to be patient, we want to hurry up and be patient. Um, The thing is, is I I know that sometimes when we pray for something, especially a, a big need, and we're going, okay, how come you haven't answered it yet? Like, Lord, this person is dying, or Lord... Uh, my finances are not getting any better. Lord, this, this relationship's getting more strained. The Lord is in control. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him, and let's be patient, patient with him. Uh, number four, uh, if we're going to pray like Elijah, we need to pray with patience, purity, positiveness. And then fourthly, pray with persistence. Did anybody guess that one? Any, any guessers of persistence? Nobody even tried to guess, probably. Okay, Cooper, good job. Thank you. It's because you saw it up there. Okay. All right. No, you got it? Okay, no, I didn't. Uh, I was going to say, man, I am impressed. Uh, pray, with, pray with persistence. All right, here we go. Uh, verse number 43, at the end of it, he said, go again seven times, and and, and the, the Bible doesn't go into the detail here of, um, you know, he, he came back after the second time, still nothing, keep praying, goes back the third time, still nothing. It, the Bible doesn't go into the details of that, but, but you can read into that and, and, and know that that's pretty much what happened. That as the Lord, uh, or as Elijah kept praying, the, the servant kept going and, and seven times. And then finally on that seventh time, he comes back and says, actually, uh, there, there's, this, there's this little little cloud. Verse 44, it came to pass at the seventh time. He said, behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. So there's just this little, little, little cloud. And then he said, go up and say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. He said, You better go tell Ahab, he better get going, because it's about to really come down. And uh, here, Elijah uh, continued to pray, continued to pray. Even though God didn't answer his first prayer, second prayer, third prayer, he kept praying. He prayed with persistence. Uh, we, We get tired with our prayers. We get frustrated when God doesn't answer right now. We get bored with our prayers. We get annoyed. And eventually, many of us give up in our prayers. But tonight, if we're going to pray like Elijah, we've got to pray with some persistence. Uh, There's a little acronym here, PUSH, that's in your outline there. Uh, Many many of you may have heard this before, but uh, this is pray until something happens. And here as Elijah was praying, he he kept praying until something happened, until, until until there was an answer. And uh, I know that it can get tiring. I prayed for my family to get saved. This, I, I've lost track how many times I kept praying. I know. Keep praying. 
I've lost track of how many times I've prayed for the health situation that I'm going through to get better. I know, keep praying. Romans 12 and verse 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. The word instant there means earnest towards. That is to persevere, to be constantly diligent in our prayers. Pray with persistence. Uh, Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, pray without ceasing. There's a pretty easy memory verse for you. But uh, pray without, in other words, don't stop praying. Well, he hasn't answered yet. Well, imagine if Elijah said that after the fifth time. He hasn't answered yet. I, 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 I was sure he told me that it was going to start raining. I guess, I guess maybe he's not, so I might as well just give up. But Elijah didn't do that. He kept praying, kept praying until something happened. C.H. Spurgeon once said, Prayer pulls the rope down below and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Some scarcely stir the bell, for they pray so languidly. Others give only an occasional jerk at the rope. But he who communicates with heaven is the man who grasps the rope boldly and pulls continuously with all his might. And I want to encourage all of us to be that bold one who grabs that rope and keeps pulling it. Uh, One last passage and then we'll be done for tonight. Luke chapter 11. And you can just turn over there real quickly if you would. Luke chapter number 11 that illustrates really well this idea of persistent prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, when he got done praying, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, notice that disciple didn't say necessarily, Lord, teach us how to pray, but more teach us to pray. Teach us to develop this this discipline, this habit, this uh, important aspect of the Christian life, of discipleship, of prayer. Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. In verse 2, so Jesus said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also... Forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Okay, now... Let me just stop here and say this. If you really need bread at midnight, I don't know that you necessarily need to come knocking on my door. Um, I'm probably going to say what this guy says. Um, Isn't Walmart open? Isn't, uh, you know, can't you go somewhere else? (laughs) I'm I'm ready. It's night-night time. (laughs) I'm trying to go 90-90 night-night, and you're trying to get bread. Go get bread somewhere else. I mean, Taco Bell might be open or something. You know, there's going to be somewhere you can go get something. 
But uh, back in these days, they didn't have Taco Bell, those poor people. Actually, those blessed people. Uh, um, Anyway, uh, let's go in verse number 8. I say unto you, Jesus said, though he will not rise and give him, but because he is his friend, and yet because of his importunity, he's like, man, he's not going to stop knocking, he's not going to stop asking, I might as well just get up and give him some stinking bread. Um, because to get him off my porch so that I can go back to sleep. Um, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And then verse 9, here's the, here's the application for us. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and everyone that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, uh, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So here were a lot of aspects of prayer in this particular passage. The one that I definitely wanted to highlight here is the persistent prayer. Because that friend goes... I know you're in there, and I know you've got bread. Hand it over. And I'm not going to stop knocking or asking until you get up. I know it's midnight, but come on, bud. We go back a long ways. You owe me from back in college. It's time to pay up. Get me some bread. I need it. Okay? When we now making sure we have a reverential attitude towards the Lord... But, Lord, I know you love me, and I know you have what I need, and I'm going to keep asking until you give it, until you answer my prayer. Now, the Lord, again, may choose to say no. If it's not for our good and for his glory, then we need to trust him with that answer. And he may say, wait, and we need to be patient. Uh, But he may be waiting to see how serious we are about this to see if we keep coming back and asking. Um. And, and I don't know all of the behind the scenes of, of what the Lord thinks and all of that and how he does all that. I just trust that he does. And we need to, he's asked us to come to him and be persistent in our prayers. So tonight we've looked at Elijah and his prayer. And look, if we're going to pray like Elijah, we need to pray with positiveness, with faith, confidence that he is able to answer our prayers. We need to pray with purity, making sure that our heart is right with the Lord. Is your heart right with the Lord tonight? Pray with patience and then persistence. Don't stop asking. Just keep asking. Uh, Let's pray together, and then we'll look at some prayer requests tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to study this, uh, this wonderful passage of Scripture and to learn some great principles that we can apply to our own prayer life. Help us to pray with some confidence. Um, being positive that you can indeed answer prayer. Lord, I, I pray also you'd help us to pray with purity and then make, making sure our heart is right before we come before your presence. Lord, we are coming before a holy God when we come into prayer. So Lord, help us to make sure that we have made things right with you. And Father, I pray you'd help us to pray with some patience, being willing to wait. And then help us to pray with some persistence to keep asking. 
to not give up, to keep going back to you. And uh, we'll help us to apply these truths to our own prayer lives. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take a quick moment here and look at some prayer requests. And then uh, I want